Hi everyone and welcome to the third episode of Art to Ask Me Anything with Carby Tay. Today we're talking about D2C, which is direct-to-consumers, something that Carl sent me an article about this week and I'm very excited to hear more about. So Carl, let us, let us in, what are we talking about? Hey Arda, um, well, first of all, good to be back uh, in Canada with you, a little jet-lagged, but uh, propelled from some fascinating travels where direct-to-consumer was definitely a hot topic as well. Uh, as soon as yesterday that I was in Paris and recognizing there's still a lot of direct-to-consumer brands that are doing very well. But the reason I sent you the article was um, there's a lot of back and forth. Uh, we've come under uh, or we've begun, we've begun to question sort of what is the, uh, how economically sustainable is direct-to-consumer. Ten years ago, it became very um, fashionable for brands to go direct, meaning sort of bypass the traditional retail channel, especially with digital and the opportunities that gave. So building your own stores was kind of complicated and cost intensive, but the opportunity to build your own web store uh, created, a, unlocked a whole bunch of new opportunities for especially emerging brands and said, hey, why would we want to sell through anybody else? So we saw this generation of what we call DNVB, which stood for digitally native vertical brands that basically mm. carried their, created their brands, distributed them, basically did the end to end. Um, a concept that's been around a long time. There's a, most of the, many of the brands we love and buy have been around before digital and we're going direct. Uh, but that said, there's been some question because we saw brands like Nike, uh, who were more and more uh, owning the channel, as they put it, and and they wanted to sort of uh, make sure that the value add was there. Maybe the original gangster, the OG in the space, uh, yeah. could be Apple. Uh, when Steve Jobs walked famously walked into a Best Buy and was not happy with the way that his uh, Mac. Uh, computer at the time was being presented and said, hey, we need to do better and create our own stores. So that was the launch of the Apple Store, which is one of the most successful retail formats in the last um, yeah. you know, last two decades. So that was it. That, that's where sort of a lot of the questioning came from. But we've, I'll, I'll borrow from my friend Simeon Siegel from BMO Markets, uh, his analysis saying, hey, you know, owning the channel is expensive and uh, building your own stores can be expensive. So there are arguments to be made for companies like Nike to say, maybe think that again and look at these retail partners out there that the good ones, the ones that create value for you and who align with what it is you want to create in the market, not just any old retailer, but somebody that really wants to make your brand shine. Maybe that is still a, a compelling um, uh, reason to, to go back to thinking about wholesale. So that is sort of why I sent you that article. And, and I think it's important to recognize that it's not all white or all black. There's always some gray area in each one of these business models with their strengths and weaknesses and think about what we need to play to. Yeah. And it's interesting because it would be important for these brands to have control over their distributions and be vertical in some senses. And I wonder maybe now, is it post-pandemic? Is that the reason for this changing um, trend? I know like consumers are spending more Maybe they've gotten better jobs. Um, maybe it's savings. Maybe it's just this post-pandemic, you know, change of lifestyle. People are spending more. Um, and actually, I think a funny misconception that I had before unpacking this topic with you is I actually thought D2C just meant online commerce. I didn't realize it meant a store like Lululemon. That counts as D2C if it has a brick and mortar as well as online. So that's kind of interesting for me. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, and the, I, I think right now we are very cyclical. And to your point, there are some categories where we're increasing our spending and rediscovering uh, back to office, maybe in some cases, and oh, yeah. having having to redress and maybe now Lululemon's okay in the back to office as well. So they might be capitalizing on that trend. But uh, I think right now, one of the, I would say the bigger factor around brands re-looking at the different channels and which ones they want to engage in is the fact that the cost of money has gone up and venture capital isn't quite as abundant as it once was. That was what propelled uh, the first generation of the, especially of these digital native brands that, you know, really exploded onto the scene with bank accounts full of venture money uh, to acquire customers with. And now uh, that money's pretty much dried out and they're having to rethink their strategies. So you're seeing a lot of these brands now even available in, in other retail stores. So that's, that's going to be interesting, but you point out the great one, Lululemon, the Aritzias of the world, and even our, our good old Aldo's here in Montreal have done really yeah. well, just sort of staying the course and knowing that they want to own the entire channel and that works for them, but that's not necessarily the strategy for everyone. Yeah, definitely not. Okay, well, this was a very interesting, quick insight into D2C. Let us know in the comments. Like, do you think it's on a decline? Do you think D2C is here to stay? Very curious about everyone's opinions on this. Again, thank you guys for tuning in this week and see you next time. Bye. Bye for now.